Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, good morning, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO over at Wildman Web Solutions here in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, we've got this weekly show going to answer your questions about technology, business, marketing, anything else you want to ask us about. Um, we want to be a resource to uh, to you, to the Lawrence business owner, and uh, maybe some people outside of our uh, our little Lawrence community here. So. Um, if you can help us out, like this show, like, uh, share it, whatever you want to do, help us reach a uh, a broader audience. Because again, we do want this to be a resource to as many people as possible, um, and be able to answer as many questions as possible. So, when you're watching this, uh, feel free to throw your questions in the comments below, or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I've got that address scrolling below me here in this crawler, um, and we'll try to answer your questions next week because we are doing this every week Wednesdays at 11 o'clock central time we'll live stream to the Wildman Web Solutions Facebook page so uh, follow us at Wildman Web and uh, check out that event with me here today as usual I've got my partner Mike Hanna Mike how you doing I'm fantastic Miles how are we doing this morning I'm doing good ready to get going Good, good. All right. So like I just said, this is a uh, question and answer show. So please, if you're watching this, you have some questions about anything technology related. Uh, if you're a business owner and maybe have some questions on that side, uh, if you have some questions on marketing, advertising, we do everything from websites to mobile apps, custom software, marketing strategies, design stuff. Uh, so we can talk to a lot of stuff, or if we don't have the question, uh, the answer to all of your questions, hopefully we can at least get you pointed in the right direction. So throw your questions in the comments um, and email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Okay, so to get started here, just going through our list of questions, um, and hopefully we'll get to your, your questions in the comments here in just a minute. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions over here on basically um, what is 5G? Um, how does 5G affect my advertising? How does 5G affect my website? So we're going to do a little bit on that. Um, so that's it's one of the newest things coming up this uh, in the last year or so, people talking about 5G. Um, it's a major development potentially. Um, it hasn't completely rolled out yet, um, so it's it's still kind of on the horizon here. But basically, all it means is that everyone is going to have really awesome uh, Wi-Fi on mobile. Uh, the, the the mobile experience is really going to change because there's not as much of a bandwidth restriction. Um, they can get a lot more data a lot quicker. You have uh, videos loading instantaneously. You've got um, larger web applications being able to load very quickly. Um, so I do think that, I'm, that we're going to see a couple of different developments from the business side of things. 
I don't see it really changing a whole lot on social. I think people are going to continue being very active on social media. Um, there might be a performance boost over there, but people are going to pretty much keep keep on going on that train, and that's going to be uh, continue to be a powerful marketing tool for everyone. Um, I do see it really affecting the website experience, though, for for business websites, um, because when when mobile came on to the onto the scene uh, a few years back, I don't even know when that would when that would be here. Um, we saw a couple of responses where basically. Um, you would develop a website. The first one, first major way of, of combating this was building responsive websites. That means that all the elements on your website, the texts and the images, the videos, everything on your website would change size and position relative to one another so that it would display properly on different screen sizes. So you develop a website like normal. It would show up like normal on your desktop, on your laptop. And then as screens got smaller, going down to a tablet or a little notebook computer and all the way down to uh, smartphone screens, the website would adjust itself and change how it displayed all the different elements to display more properly on a smaller screen. The next evolution there was mobile-first development, where you'd actually kind of reverse that process. You developed a website for phones first, and it would look good on, on a small mobile screen. And then you would have it expand out to larger screens, going up to tablets and notebooks and laptops and large desktop screens. That led to a more a popularization of a very minimalist website style, just because there's there's just such limited real estate, screen real estate on a smartphone. So um, people are developing websites for phones and then expanding everything out. You'd end up with a very minimalist website on desktop. Um, the other side of that was that you saw the rise of business apps, mobile, uh, mobile applications for businesses. Um, one of the problems with websites on mobile is that they could only load so much so quickly. So big bulky websites or websites that needed to really do something, um, either for internal business reasons or for more sales and marketing client facing reasons, they just didn't really, they didn't really cut it in this new mobile age. So they would have a link on the website say, hey, to do this thing, download our mobile app. Um, so then clients would download that mobile app and then they do whatever it is they needed to do. But the website itself would still be very minimal, very lightweight so that it would load quickly and efficiently on phones. Um, and then over the years, we saw some sort of hybridization where you had mixes of mobile apps and responsive websites, um, eventually the development of PWAs, progressive web apps, which are pretty much responsive mobile friendly websites that look and function like apps. And now we have 5G dropping on this, on, onto the scene. And that's pretty much taking away at the lo a lot of the limitations that led to those developments, where our phones are going to be able to load anything and everything very quickly. Um, so I see a, an increase of highly functional web applications being developed for mobile. Uh, more mobile-friendly websites doing much more, um, being able to do much more. Um, I see more PWAs being uh, published, more hybridized web applications. Mobile apps are definitely not going away anytime soon. They're just things you can do with that that you can't do with any other technology. But I definitely see a meteoric rise of PWAs happening and other sort of hybridized uh, mobile app solutions because you're going to be able to load everything on your on your mobile phone just immediately. And all those things that we were 
you know, trying to avoid in the fat in the past making these tiny little websites to mo load on mobile. It's just not going to be a problem anymore. Um, so if anything's going to change on that on the business side, as far as your business's online experience with 5G, I'd say there's going to be a more robust um, mobile experience available to users. I don't think that's going to mean that anything else that we did over the last five, 10 years is going to be rolled back, but rather we're going to move forward in a way that expands that mobile experience. So Miles, does that mean that my website, if it's mobile, if it's optimized properly for mobile use, which God willing, it should be already <laughs> that, that I'm as a, as a consumer, if I go to a website like that, I'm going to find an easier navigational experience. I'm going to find faster load times. Uh, I'm going to find faster streaming times co of content off of that website uh, without them doing anything extra uh, than what they've already done. Is that what I'm understanding here? That's definitely going to be part of it. Um, so pretty much all load times for anything that you're doing um, on your phone is going to be improved. It's going to be better. Um, so like I said, larger, bulkier sites are going to be probably a, a perform a little bit better. Um, not to say that you should just intentionally add a bunch of um, extra stuff on there or not really worry about optimization or anything. That's still definitely going to be uh, part of the process. But uh, yeah, on the user side of things, pretty much everything is going to load 100 times faster, potentially. So um, did, I, did I ever tell you the first time I saw the internet on a phone? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we all need <laughs> we, we need to hear this story. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's not as good as some of my stories, but it does stick out. I think it was 2008-ish, maybe 2007. Uh, I was riding in a semi-truck going down a highway, and a guy next to me pulled out his phone, and I can't even remember what he looked up. He looked up something, you know, we were having a debate or something like that, and he got on the internet on his phone right then and there in front of me, and my head exploded. It was... I, I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, "What in the hell is we the, is this, we the Jetsons now?" I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was such a just wow. This is uh, this is going to change some stuff. So yeah, yeah. that was no, fun. My first memory there is just one of stress because I had that old brick flip phone that uh, uh it, we were paying per. I don't know what it was, but um, the, just the data plan on that, we didn't have any data plan. So if I accidentally hit the internet button or anything and it started to open up, I would freak out because it was going to be yeah. so expensive just to load that, that, that very first that data. Yeah. Closing oh things gosh. out as quickly as possible. So we've so really expensive. come a long way. It is uh, good to remember that every once in a while and think back where we were five years ago. So we do take a lot of things for granted. Hundred uh, percent. It's just crazy what we can do nowadays. But yeah, five G. I think it's going to be. It, it has the potential to be that kind of a step forward. That that kind of mind blowing realization of you seeing the the internet pop up on your friend's phone for the first time. Five G in itself isn't going to do that, but it's going to allow for the development of technologies that um, I, I think are have the possibility of being a a similar kind of explosive development for us. So are you, and maybe you haven't looked into it, so I'm putting you on the spot here. Are you concerned? I know some people are concerned about 5G health implications, all of that. You know, we heard uh, similar stories when Wi-Fi 
uh, was first coming on board. And I don't know if that's ever been conclusively proven one way or the other, if Wi-Fi is, is detrimental to our health. Are you, do you have any concerns with that? Or is that something people should be researching, looking into, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I haven't, I, I have not seen any data that leads credence to any of the health concerns um, that have been presented to me anyway. Um, I will not pretend to be a doctor over here or anything, but uh, no, everything that I've seen has been pretty easily and quickly dismissed um, as more just sort of conspiratorial concerns. Um, the, the baseline is that there is a ton of background radiation happening around us all the time. Um, there's all sorts of different waves and signals uh, hitting, going through us, going through our world all the time uh, with or without human intervention. Um, and we're talking about before any of our technology, there's just radiation all over the place. So we are much more resilient towards that kind of thing than people really understand. But just with any other kind of new technology, um, it can be a little bit scary. And there are always new concerns. And uh, it's always good to be looking at these things and thinking about it. But no, I haven't seen any data to suggest that there's any sort of major public health concern associated with 5G. Okay, so um, if anyone else wants to hear more about 5G, if you want me to go more into the, uh, the, the tech side of anything there, then let me know. Um, I know I, I'm pretty sure there's still some of my code running around uh, setting up all the different cell towers and prepping them for new 5G routers. Uh, I think I wrote that a year or two ago when this was just starting up. Um, so yeah, uh, let us know, throw your questions in the comments here if you want to hear more about 5G or um, anything on that side of things, but I think we're going to move on. Another thing in the news recently in tech news has been TikTok um, for, uh, it's a very popular social media platform, especially with younger audiences. Um, I don't know, some of us may not have even really heard of it, depending on what circles you're running in, but it's a Chinese social media app uh, focusing on videos, short videos. Um, reminds me of Vine a few years back, something like that, but it's become immensely popular, and I know there's been a couple of pretty major developments recently. So, uh, Mike, do you want to tackle the, the TikTok? Yeah, sure. Sure. So yeah, it's been in the news uh, a couple times in the last week. Uh, it did announce, I believe it was Monday. It announced uh, TikTok announced that they are going to open up their ad platform. Uh, they're going to make it uh, kind of a self-use platform. I think was the term that they used. Uh, before you had to jump through a bunch of hoops. You had to actually talk to somebody uh, at TikTok if you wanted to try to place advertisements. It was you couldn't just hop on and do it yourself like you can on every other platform. So that has now changed uh, and you can, and they've opened it up, uh, I believe hundreds, if not thousands of different targeting options that they didn't have before. I myself haven't had time uh, to go on there and play with it yet. So I'm just strictly speaking from uh, secondhand accounts and not, not my own, uh, just as a disclaimer here. But uh, the, the one thing, I guess the, the downside of it is that I've heard is that there is a, a high, uh, floor uh, for for what you need to put down in order to run an ad similar to what LinkedIn had uh, early on when they first started instituting ads uh, except I think this is even higher again I haven't confirmed this 100% but I've, I've been told from people who, who do advertise on on TikTok that you need $5,000 as initial campaign investment in order to get your uh, your campaign up and going obviously that 
you know, it's not an insane amount of money, but it does uh, give pause for small businesses to invest that kind of money uh, into the platform. So I think right now they're really going after uh, medium-sized businesses and even larger businesses, uh, trying to get them established. Uh, but certainly, uh, you don't need to advertise uh, paid on LinkedIn, or excuse me, on TikTok in order to get uh, good results. That's actually been the number one factor drawing people to the platform over the course of the last nine months or so is that uh, you can get so much more traction with your organic content than you, you can on any other platform uh, because there's not as much content uh, and there's a lot of attention there. So that's the good news is uh, if you are a small business, you're on a shoestring budget and you're interested in TikTok, well, you can still uh, get an account and uh, get a business account and put out a lot of organic content. And you'll probably get far more uh, reach and engagement than you would on any other platform. Uh, as Miles said, it does skew uh, pretty young, you know, it, it is most uh, new social media apps. You know, we, we, we've seen this with every single one now, except for perhaps LinkedIn. Uh, is that, you know, it starts out something that the kids are doing, uh, you know, the, the preteens and the teens. And then before you know it, the college kids are doing it in the 20s, 30s. And you got grandma and grandpa uh, sending snaps to each other and putting, uh, you know, snap filters and stuff like that on them with the, the doggy ears and whatnot. So um, <laughs> I am what I'm trying to say is I imagine that the platform will evolve. It will mature. It will get a little bit older. Uh, here as time goes by. Uh, there are, it has been in the news as well this week, uh, negatively. Uh, Donald Trump, I believe, came out yesterday. Maybe it was Monday too. Maybe it was the same day. I don't know. I think there's been a couple of, yeah, a couple of ones coming out the last couple yeah, of days. Yeah. And he, I don't know if it was a tweet or if he, if he made a statement in a, in a press conference or where the statement came from, but he seemed to be uh, at least giving credence to the idea that the United States government is thinking about shutting down TikTok in the United States uh, over security concerns. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure how that works or, you know, under what uh, preview of, of power that, that that would be executed through. Uh, but if it does happen, obviously, this would uh, uh, be a negative blow to anybody who is currently using the platform. Uh, for personal or business purposes here in the United States. Uh, I have looked into a little bit into the uh, security concerns around TikTok. Actually, Miles, there's a there's an article I'm going to find, and I'm going to send it to you because you, you'd understand it a lot better than I, I would. But it was basically written by an, uh, an, a software engineer, an app engineer, who uh, you know kind of reversed engineered, I guess, the uh, the back end of, of TikTok to see what they were doing, and it, it drew him uh, a lot of conclusions of concern uh, mm -hmm. in terms of security. Uh, you know, of course, it is uh, in China, and so there's concerns that the Chinese government uh, is able to access data and information uh, from U.S. citizens, and I think that's where the crux of this of this uh, matter comes from. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, what happens? I don't know if that's the State Department or the Commerce Department, again, or, or how that would actually play out. Uh, I, I think that's pretty unprecedented, especially dealing with a, a foreign country. But uh, so right now, I, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it in, in, uh, in right off TikTok. But, you know, maybe you do want to do some more research and things like that into the security. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be uh, putting anything you know, online that could uh, give you a breach of security, uh, put your personal identification uh, up to be stolen by hackers or anything like that. So 
a lot to consider there uh, with TikTok, uh, but certainly there's been people getting incredible results, uh, both from a business standpoint and from an influencer standpoint, uh, you know, just growing an audience organically on TikTok. So no immediate concerns on that side of things, but uh, I think that we can probably, we can stay up to date on that and maybe talk about this again in upcoming weeks if there's any sort of major developments. And then, uh, yeah, I can definitely look over that that article that you found over there and see if I can't, um, you know, read into it a little bit. Sounds like it was uh, written by one of my kind, so that mm -hmm. should be fun. Um, <laughs> Related question on this, and I think I'll, I'll just let you keep going on that. Um, so there's been a, uh, a rise of companies deciding to opt out of social media advertising, specifically opting out of Facebook advertising for a slew of social reasons, um, some, in, some in protest and um, some for their, their own reasons here. But uh, I wanted to see what you thought about that and what you think the implications are for uh, for our community and for small businesses. I think we can all see that these these larger corporations are able, able to make some of these moves as a, sort of to make a point one way or another, but there's definitely some different elements to be considered for small businesses, especially those who really, really leverage uh, social media and specifically Facebook for a, a, a large portion of their marketing. Yeah, so, We've probably seen this in the news as well. Uh, I got a lot of thoughts on this. Well, I don't. I don't really know where to start here. Uh, let's just back up, I guess, for some of the folks that maybe don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, I believe that the boycott is called the "Stop the Hate for Profit" uh, boycott or hashtag or whatever we're word we're, we're using to describe this movement here and basically what the uh, the complaints are is that they they think that facebook and mark zuckerberg in particular have not gone far enough in cracking down on speech uh on in different groups uh, and different things that people are posting uh there's been some some alt-right uh you know maybe neo-nazi you know type groups and stuff out there uh that have been operating on Facebook. And of course they've been banned from, from YouTube and Twitter and, and all these other platforms. And apparently there's still uh, some of these groups that are active on Facebook. I think that's part of what the uproar was about. The other part of it uh, had to do with president Trump uh, and had to do with, if we remember back, what was it like a month, maybe more ago, uh, Donald Trump tweeted something out about uh, 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 mail-in elections, you know, and it was something like uh, the mail-in elections would be fraudulent and Twitter flagged the post and they said that this is inaccurate, da, da, da. And so that led, of course, to a big tweet war, ironically, uh, between uh, President Trump and the platform. Uh, as far as I know, he's still using the platform and he, and he hasn't been banned or, or, or left it. Uh, but then there was pressure being put on Zuckerberg to do the same thing over at Facebook. Now, depending on who you ask, you know, some people think uh, Facebook has gone too far in cracking down on speech. Other people, like the people who are doing the boycott here, uh, don't feel like that they've gone far enough. Uh, you know, I know that there are several different you know groups and pages and organizations who have 
nothing to do with with hate groups. I mean, one of them comes to mind. You know, the Tenth Amendment Center. It's literally a, a nonpartisan group to promote the Tenth Amendment of the United States. Uh, you know, they got their page taken down. You know, and so there's been backlash from both sides. That some people have said, "Hey, this has gone too far. You're, you know, you're taking out." all these different groups who have a right to be on the platform that, that aren't lumped in the hate. And then you have the group. So over here that are saying, no, 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 we need more, uh, you know, and they'll, and they'll point to a video or something like that and say, see, this is, this should have been taken down. This content uh, is not appropriate. And so, and so that's been going on for the last, you know, I don't know, let's call it six weeks in the background. Uh, and then over the course of the last two weeks, as I said before, this hashtag started trending, uh, this movement started gaining speed, uh, that people would stop advertising on Facebook until Mark Zuckerberg made these changes that they were demanding. And at first it was just a few, I don't want to say smaller companies, but uh, not huge companies and not, uh, you know, kind of the ones that you might expect that, that like to make social issue statements, you know, Patagonia, REI, or some of the early ones. Uh, then some big, really big companies uh, like Verizon and Coca-Cola <laughs> jumped on board and it was kind of like, whoa, this thing's really gaining steam here. Uh, and I, we've, I've, we've even seen some local companies here, uh, at least flirting with the idea or even embracing it, I want to say organizations as well. Uh, and so this thing has really been gaining speed, uh, momentum. And Zuckerberg actually said that he would meet with these groups. I don't know if it's happened yet, but I believe that they're going to have some sort of a meeting here and they're going to lay out their grievances. He's going to lay out his, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so long story short, uh, we don't know how this is going to play out yet. If Facebook will start cracking down more on speech or if they won't, uh, you know, I think there's arguments on either side of it. Uh, and certainly if you're a business and you are getting your, your post or your entire page taken down, well, you're probably pretty upset about this. Uh, if you're not, then you're, you're probably not too worried about it. Uh, but what I feel in terms of this actual boycott, um, I think it's fine if you're a major company and you can afford to virtue signal, you know, if you can afford to uh, make a statement, you know, so to speak, uh, and not advertise, then go ahead and do it. But unfortunately, a lot of companies, especially right now in the economic situation that we're in, they need to be advertising on Facebook because quite frankly, it's probably the best platform that they're going to be able to get results on at the cheapest price. So for them to you know, sacrifice their own company in order to make a statement, you know, not a great business decision in my mind, but, uh, you know, everyone has to make that personal decision uh, for themselves, I guess. And I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't believe. Uh, but from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any bit of sense to me. Uh, you know, I don't see anybody complaining when their advertisements are on the nightly news right after a terrible murder and rape story. You know, so, I mean, there, there, there's, there's hate on every platform that anyone's advertised on, I think, you know, since the dawn of time, you know, especially any kind of news platform. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the news is negative. So, uh, it's, it, you know, I, I don't know, Miles, you know, I so maybe so maybe in short, we can say that, um, you know, if you can afford to and you believe in a particular cause and you can afford to make a statement like this, then this is a a possible way to do that and, a, and a, a possibly effective way to do that since there is a growing 
movement doing this, but if you can't afford to do that, if you do have a smaller business and your entire marketing plan is over here and sort of reliant on this platform, that it's not going to make or break anything to to not do that and maybe make your your statements otherwise or in, a, in another way. Yeah, and it's not, certainly if somebody is con is in a continual campaign on Facebook, I would want them to think long and hard about pausing that campaign for a month. Uh, because not only is that going to really alter the success of their campaign, but it's also going to completely alter their their entire buying slash sales funnel, you know, for third quarter. You know, if you want somebody to do something, you better be talking to them 60 days out. So just to take the first month off you know, <laughs> of the quarter, well, you're really just kind of throwing the whole quarter away unless you have some other game plan in mind, you know, okay, well, maybe we're going to, completely, you know, dive all of our resources and our content into Google or, you know, or something else to try to make up for it. But again, this is not a decision that I would make quickly or lightly. You know, you should have been planning that out then with your Google campaign two months ago. Uh, and I, I don't think a lot of people are thinking that they're just, they're just seeing a headline and they're reacting. And the other thing that I would caution people to keep in mind, you know, when they see a big company like Coca-Cola or Verizon or Patagonia or REI do this is you know, not only do they have incredibly different, uh, you know, cash operating uh, circumstances than, you know, 99% of all small, medium and medium sized businesses, but a lot of those companies already froze their advertising budget. A lot of those companies already cut their Facebook and their social media budget. And so then you have somebody in their PR department say, hey, if we join this movement, USA Today is going to write an article about us and then we're going to get free publicity. Let's do it. We're not advertising on the platform anyways. Right. And so I, I suspect that there's a lot of that going on as well, uh, which as a small business, you're not you're not going to get written up in USA Today for, for stopping your Facebook. You're just going to get less sales this month. Uh, and in this economic environment. Yikes, uh, that, that is scary. Now, if I could briefly dovetail this into a, into a larger discussion, Miles, since we don't, we don't seem to have a flurry of questions coming in today. Uh, you know, this, we're, you know, we're obviously in very, very different times right now than, than normal. And, you know, there's a lot of social issues out there. There's a lot of uh, political issues out there. It is an election year. Uh, and so one thing I would also just caution businesses about is they are going uh, into their marketing and sort of advertising campaigns and their strategy is don't mix the two, you know, and, and me personally, I like to keep, you know, social issues, political issues out of business altogether. Some people don't. That's fine. Again, hey, if you want to use your platform to push what you believe in to make the world a better you know, place in your image, more power to you, right? But I would be very careful about mixing, uh, you know, doing good or, you know, activism, if you will, with my sales. Uh, and this goes for anything. This goes for doing charity work. Uh, you know, this goes for social issues. This goes for politics. All of those things is never, ever mix the two. Uh, if you want to use your platform to talk about things, that's fine. But then don't say, uh, you know, uh, talk about your product or talk about your sales or talk about your team or anything like that. Only focus on that part of your community involvement, uh, which really should be a part of your messaging. Uh, anyhow, 
you know, I, again, you know, I would just caution a little bit about uh, getting into the weeds on some of these things because we are in a very politically divided, socially divided community. And so even if you believe something, you know, chances are that you're going to piss off half of the people that are listening to you, watching you or reading what you have to say. Uh, and so that does come, you know, with a price, unfortunately. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, as, as I know everybody's, you know, really riled up and we're seeing all these headlines, you know, we want to jump in, we want to say something, uh, especially if we have a big platform uh, like a business. But uh, take a step back and really think about how does this play into my overall business strategy, my overall messaging? Am I doing this? You know, is this something that really belongs on my personal page or is this something that really does belong on your business page? And it might, it might be a great way for you to show how you are involved with your community, how you're giving back to your community. Uh, and that's all fine to be talking about on your business page, as long as you're not trying to mix in sales yeah, type tactics, you know, don't say do business with me because I do X. Right. That maybe is, a rephrasing here to bad. make it a little clear is that you can use your business to to make a point. You can use that platform to push something here and you can definitely believe in something. In fact, that might even be a, a good thing to do depending on the point and, and where you're coming from, but motivations are important. So if you're saying something to make a world the world a better place, if you're using your business as a platform to push a message that will improve our community, that's one thing. If you are just saying something good to try to sell something or push your next um your next sale or something like that then that's that's not that's something you want to shy away from is that kind of where you're you're coming from just as far as the the motivations of a, a particular statement yeah yeah 100 percent miles and and i think that that then dovetails into you know another discussion about okay well what what should i be talking about because i think a lot of a lot of businesses i see more businesses making the mistake the other way than I do this way right now that I'm, that I'm cautioning them. And what I mean by that is that they only talk about sales and why you should do business with them. And they talk nothing about what's going on in their community, you know? And, and I do think that you need some sort of a diversity there. You know, some people think it's 30%, you know, some people think it's 30% talking about you, 30% talking about somebody else, you know, that's doing good in your space or category. And then it's 30% talking about, you know, your community at large, you know, I don't know, those, those, those percentages are, are precise advice, but uh, there needs to be some sort of mixture of that. So you're not just slamming people over the head every day with, hey, look at me, I'm so great, that gets old. Uh, people don't respond to it after a while. So not just one so, post a day of come buy my stuff. That's not gonna work. Right, right. 100%. So yeah, a lot of fine lines here on today's show, but uh, I would say, you know, find where that line is for your business and try to talk about things that are happening in the community. But I would caution about steering away from divisive issues, even if it's something that you really strongly believe in. Uh, and certainly if you do go down that road of, you know, promoting social justice or, you know, whatever the, the, the cause is. Uh, that you do so in only a cause-driven way and not trying to mix that in as any any kind of call to action to do business with you. Awesome. Well, I think that's a pretty good summary there. Um, so I did want to remind anyone out there watching this that, um, you know, this is a Q&A show. So please, 
feel free to throw your questions in the comments here. We'll start a, start a conversation with you. Um, we are putting this up as a resource just to answer questions about anything and everything here. So please uh, like and share, help us to reach a larger, larger audience and hopefully answer some more questions. Uh, we believe that you know more uh, the, the more information that's out there, the better educated people are when it comes to technology and business and how all this works, the better off we all are as a community, um, including someone like us that does provide these services. So um, like I said, throw your questions in here, here or feel free to email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. That address is scrolling below me and we'll try to get your questions next week. Um, I did want to shift gears here a little bit and provide some more resources, one of them based off of some questions that I've gotten and some of them just sort of our standard offerings here. Um, like I said, it's really important for us over here at Wildman Web Solutions to provide resources and education. So we do have a full section up on our website of articles. That's wildmanweb.com slash articles. It's all just good information, good, uh, there's sources linked in all of the articles, so you can check out all of those things. Articles on digital advertising, on social media, on websites, on SEO, pretty much anything you want to learn about there. They're all pretty short, easy to digest articles that doesn't go too deep into anything. So it'd be a really great place to start if you are a business owner and want to learn a little bit more about this kind of thing. Um, we are also, I uh, just wanted to put out there our, our uh, local business online toolkit. This is software that we provide um, to our community here for free. It's all just, uh, well, it's exactly what it says. It is a toolkit for um, local businesses to operate online. So there's some tools in there to help you manage your social media, your reviews, your website, any advertising that you're running on there, as well as an extension of our article section there. So there's even more built in there. If you go to wildmayweb.com slash LBOT, you can sign up there and it'll get you all going. Uh, again, that's a that's an absolutely free resource for anyone who wants to utilize it. Um, and when it comes to resources, I did get another question here. It's a little bit outside of our normal wheelhouse, but I did kind of want to address it with a lot of people um, doing homeschooling for the first time. Uh, they're teaching their kids. I've gotten a couple of questions about, you know, how to get into programming, how to get into tech, how to uh, push their kids or uh, encourage their kids to go into STEM fields um, and, you know, take kind of the route that I did. Um, so I did want to create or I want to provide some resources there. There's a bunch of awesome free online resources that I use to get started and some of these that I use all the time as a professional software developer. So um, this will continue to be helpful for everyone, but there are some really good ones here for um, just getting kids started. There's some programming related games and um, like I said, lots of really free re resources. I started to put together a list of links and websites um, and then I found this link here. It's I, I, this is not an endorsement of the site. I do not know anything else about this site, but it's mommypoppins.com. And they uh, actually had everything that I was putting on my list on their list already. So I'm just going to link to it here. And there was a bunch of new ones that I hadn't heard about that turned out to be really awesome resources. So I'm just going to link their list here, throw it in the comments for anyone that's looking to help their kids get involved in programming and technology and in STEM um, as a whole. This will be a really good way to get started and uh, maybe help you out with some of your homeschooling there. Again, throwing that in the comments. 
Yeah, if anyone has questions about any of that, about getting started, or if you have a, a kid or a college student that's just getting started in this field into going into STEM, into engineering, into programming, um, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about that and provide some resources. Uh, since I, I went through all that myself and you know didn't take necessarily the straightest path there So I was able to actually learn a lot about a bunch of different directions uh, So feel free to add, throw those questions in here as well I'm, I'm always happy to talk with people about that and point you in the right direction It's a great point miles. Yeah we We're not exactly sure what the school year is going to look like but it's definitely going to be different and I think that there's going to be a lot of folks uh, doing online, you know, even if they do uh, open up the schools for for in-class attendance, but man, how lucky, yeah, how lucky are we are right now to be living in this age when it is much easier than it's ever been to get good educational content, to get good curriculum uh, and learn at home. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. I might uh, even use some of that for my son. So that's a hey, even great, great all this, It's good I stuff might even to use, learn. Actually, I might even use it for myself first. But, <laughs> um, that's that's great um, stuff. And, over your head mike yeah i do well, i'm sure it is most things are uh can i can i give some unsolicited advice out there out there uh, I, I think that should <laughs> that might as well just be the title of this show so yeah go for it <laughs> yeah it's we we're uh we're having a little bit of off the cuff episode here folks uh so COVID cases are going up i don't know if anyone's really noticed uh i'm sure you have i'm being sarcastic here uh, I just want to tell everybody out there, you know, that, that has a business or if you're an integral part of a business, don't lose sight of the importance of your online presence. Don't lose sight of the importance of your curbside pickup and your delivery. Uh, you know, if anything, keep doubling, tripling down on those tools. Um, you know, I'm getting nervous, Miles. I'm getting nervous here that we're, we're going to get a step taken backwards and restaurants might be shut down and retail places might, you know, have their capacity limited and everything, you know, here locally in Lawrence, you know, we have what's going on with downtown. Uh, we're, if you're not, if you haven't been down there, if you're not from Lawrence, uh, they've redesigned the entire thing. You know, there's no parking on mass other than 15 minute parking to allow for, uh, people to come in and do curbside pickup. And, who knows if that's going to stay, uh, but, you know, I, I think we know that uh, the virus is going to be around a little bit longer than, you know, a lot of us wanted or, or probably thought. And so, A, you know, if you're already, if you've already been transitioning uh, over, you know, to those types of services, which I know almost everybody has, uh, keep your foot on the gas, keep making them better, you know, keep getting customer input and figuring out what they like and what they don't like and how you can get better uh, than your competition. And if you haven't, you know, if you just thought, oh, well, this will blow over in a few months. I don't need to have an e-commerce store or a mobile app or anything like that. You know, we'll, we'll be back to normal before you know it. Well, unfortunately, I don't think we got, I don't think we got lucky uh, in that regard. And so I'm really urging you to, to jump on that. Uh, and to make that a reality, you know, whether you use us or not, uh, it's not just a sales pitch for us, but um, for Lawrence in general, because I'm, I'm getting nervous here. You know, we got the students coming back in a few weeks um, and it's, it's just going to break my heart if I, if I see any more businesses close. So that's my, my plea, my unsolicited advice. Uh, get your mobile apps, get your curbside, get your touchless ordering. 
uh, and get your entire marketing bridge, your entire business bridge uh, locked down in those service areas for the foreseeable future. So you can come out of this on the other side uh, even more successful than you ever imagined. Well, I think that's a that's a nice sentiment to uh, to wrap up this episode. So I think we're going to jump off here. Um, if you have any questions or if you're watching this later and you want us to address some of this stuff, then email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll try to get to your questions next week. We're doing this every Wednesday at 11, we're streaming live to our Facebook page. So make sure to tune in there. Mike, thank you very much. My pleasure as always, Miles. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next week. All right, thank you. Um, so we're wrapping up here with Ask Wildman. Um, like I said just a second ago, we're doing this every week, so check in next week um, for Ask Wildman. We'll try to answer some of your questions. Um, I'm gonna throw up our email one last time so you can send all your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll try to get to them as, uh, as quickly as possible. But uh, thanks for tuning in everyone. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.